Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Today we're starting a message series called Character. This is going to be our summer message series. And we're going to be building each week, talking about different characters needed to build Christian greatness, okay? And today we're laying a foundation. I'm gonna be talking about growth. Say that with me, growth. I'm gonna talk to you about growth. I want you to understand right off the bat, I am made for more. We are made for more, okay? I I put it in the notes so it says, I am made for more, even though I'm talking to us because I want you to personalize it and I want you to own it today, okay? So say that with me, I am made for more. Come on, really big this time. So you got it? Now internalize it. I am made for more. Every one of us wants to do better. Now, if we've been disappointed, if you've been around for a little bit, you've had some failures, people have let you down, or you said, boy, it's hard work taking ground. I don't know if I want more. No, you still want more. You may have said, uncle. You may have said, to quote the great theologian, Popeye, I've had alls I can stands and I can't stands no more. (laughs) You may have come to the place where you're just like, wow, that's a lot. Now's the time for the spinach, okay? We're just gonna go ahead and squeeze a can and let's go ahead and move on through this thing. Let me tell you today, every person that's in relationship with Jesus has greatness inside of them, inside of you. How many of you love Jesus today? You love him. You have greatness inside of you. You can do more. Pathway Church, look at me really good. You can do more. You're capable of more. Now, I'm not here to lecture you to say you need to try harder. You need to try harder. That really... You know, I mean, there's a time for it. There's a time for it when you say, come on, man, get yourself in the game. Get your head in the game. But I want you to understand that there are some things that we can do for God's work to really flourish inside of us. And, and we're not the only ones. You, Pastor, I, you don't know me. I've got some special conditions. I'm, I'm on disability, you know, I'm I don't like to be in front of people. I, 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 I've tried that and it hasn't worked. Listen, one more time. I am made for more. Ready? I am made for more. I want you to consider Moses. Moses built a nation out of freed slaves. Joshua took that nation. He crossed over that river from the wilderness and into the promised land, and he turned that nation, that ragtag nation, that remember when Egypt started pursuing them, and they looked that their back was up against the water, and they saw the army coming, they said, let's just go back to Egypt. 
Let's just go back to slavery. Let's just go back to bondage. It was easier there. Joshua took that little fledgling nation that was overcoming so much and he turned it into an army that crossed over the river, went into the promised land and conquered seven nations. He marched them around walls and by faith after seven laps around that wall in Jericho, the walls came down and God gave them their promised land. Joshua was made for more. Well, what about David? David, the son of Jesse. When Samuel came out to anoint the new king, He said, it's one of your sons, Jesse, went and lined up his boys and one after the other, after the other, after the other. Samuel said, nope, he's handsome, it's not him. Nope, he's strong, it's not him. Nope, he's smart, it's not him. No, he's talented, it's not him. Who else you got? And Jesse says, oh, there's the runt of the litter out in the pasture, David. He anoints David. And David rises up. You know, he had killed a bear, killed a lion, but he was made for more. He dropped Goliath when Goliath cursed God's people out on the battlefield and everyone was afraid. Everyone that had armor was afraid. And David stepped out on the battlefield and dropped Goliath and rallied the people, gave them the morale back, gave them their destiny back. The people began singing in the streets. Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. David, David was made for more. From there, he took 400 people who were in debt, in distress, and who were discontent as he was being chased from Saul because Saul was jealous for all the things that the people were saying about David. And he turned those 400 men into David's mighty men of valor. People like Shammah, people like Uriah, the three, the 30. He has his men of valor, 37 men who led an army to become victorious, a great people. David was made for more. And then there's Paul. The apostle Paul. If it wasn't for Paul, Pathway wouldn't be here. Think about it. Before Paul, the idea was that in order to become a Christian, you had to first convert to Judaism and then convert to Jesus. That was the idea by so many of the Christian leaders. In fact, Peter was opposed to his face in the assembly because he was advocating for this idea. This is the whole idea behind the book of Hebrews and so many of the other letters. We are told by the Apostle Paul that Jesus is enough. Let me tell you, an altar call would be much different. It would be much different if Peter had his ways, if the Judaizers had their ways. It wouldn't just be a checkbox on a connection card. It wouldn't just be a sinner's prayer. It would be like going to the back There's circumcision for the guys if you want to come to know Jesus. What are you talking about? I'm telling you, Paul changed the game. We we switched from worshiping on the Sabbath to worshiping on the Lord's Day because of people like Paul. Paul took the gospel from Jerusalem 
and carried it to all of the known world, to pagans. People that didn't even, you know, he stood on Mars Hill with the Acropolis back behind him. You can see it today. He stood there and he said, over here in this temple, there is a statue to an unknown God. He says, I know who that God is. His name is Jesus. And he started churches and Corinth and in Ephesus and Philippi and Rome, all over Turkey. He traveled more than 95, greater distances than 95% of Pathway Church in a day when there were no planes, just boats and walking and donkeys. Paul was made for more, and you're made for more as well. I'm made, I'm made for more. These people were greats. The greats and the secret to Christian greatness is not that we're born great. Moses Moses didn't just come along great. He he didn't just... Now, there, there are kids that are like this, you know. They're kids that are like this. You go to nursery... You go to the nursery and you see like a little two-year-old there. What does that two-year-old do? That two-year-old's leading all the kids. They're watching him. They're following him. Why are all the kids acting up? Well, because little, little baby Andrick is acting up. Andrick was born great. Carl was born great. Maybe I wasn't born great. Maybe, maybe we had to grow into greatness. Yeah, leaders, are leaders born or are leaders made? Yes. The answer is yes. Leaders are both born and made. If we want to be great, we have to grow. But being great isn't just about... Being great isn't just about conquering something. It's not just about achieving something. Christian greatness is so much more. You know, it's not enough to have a dream. It's not enough just to have a calling. It's not enough just to have a gifting. We've got to do something with what God has given each one of us. You know what I want to be great for? What I want to be great for? First of all, I want to be great for me. I want to be great in my relationship with the Lord. June, if I don't get Jesus, I don't get anything. You know, if I don't get Jesus, maybe my family doesn't get Jesus. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to mature. I want to move forward. You know, I want to be great for my family. I want to be great for my church. I want to be great for my city. I want to be great for my world. Let me tell you a pathway. I want you to love me. I want you to like me. I want you to respect me. I want the church to grow because of what God's doing in me. But let me tell you something. Can I just, 
tell you off just for a second? Let me just tell you something. If I get to be great for anybody, I want it to be great for my family. If I make it anywhere, I want to make it in my house. If I want to make it, I want to make it right in my Jerusalem. Then I'll get Judea and Samaria and the other parts of the world. That's what I want to do. But here's what I believe. If I will get close to Jesus, if I will get him on the inside, then it will be like a ripple effect moving on out, and God will do exceedingly, abundantly more than I could ask or think. I think God's going to blow the doors off a pathway. God's going to blow the doors off of this city because we are going to grow. We were made for so much more but we got to grow on the inside. There's three things, three areas that we have to grow. Let me give you this little bit of a formula. Here it goes. Christ plus competency plus character equals Christian greatness. Christ plus competency, your skill, plus character, your integrity, the realness, the authenticity that you have in your relationship with Jesus equals Christian greatness. Here's the problem. A lot of us think that greatness is, our, is about our skill and our gifting. One of the worst things that could happen to us is that we could get good at what we do, but we don't have the character to sustain us to where our skill and our talents take us. It's about the character. It's about the heart of what we have. It's what we have. Is it real? This is where we have to grow. Now I'm looking at some, I'm looking at some saved people here today. Does anybody love Jesus in this house? You love Jesus? Some saved people. Some sanctified people, some Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit filled people. Is anybody in here like that? A lot of us want to be saved. A lot of us want the power of the Holy Spirit, but that whole sanctification business, we don't want to have anything to do with that. We don't want that hard work of God examining what's on the inside of us and changing us. We want to go right from the salvation to that dynamic move of God, that dynamic work in our business. That we like the uh, icing on the cake. God is saying, I want to get a hold of your character. I want you to grow. But pastor, I've, you don't even understand how much I have grown. Let me tell you something. Jesus grew. And he kept growing. I want to share something with you here in the scriptures. I want you to go to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to see, you know, Jesus in the temple. Of course, this is a passage that we use here a good bit. Jesus had been left. He's 12 years old. His parents left. Have your parents ever left you somewhere when you're a kid? You know, I'm not going to tell you what my mom has done. I would never tell you that my mom left me and my brother somewhere. I would never tell you that. Would never want to disre- I would never want to tell you how that she left my brother at a gas pump in Tampa, Florida for two hours. I would never tell you that. You know, she was in the nine o'clock service. She's not here in the 1030. So she, don't tell her to watch the live stream, okay? Now, if it had been me left at the gas pump, it had only been for one hour. They had to think about whether they're going to go back and get Philip for about an hour before they went back. 
Jesus got left there at the temple. And I think they left, I think it was like two days. And they go back, I think they probably thought he was with the Jones family in their caravan. And they go back, Luke chapter two, verse 49. Jesus says to them after they come back and they're relieved, they're relieved. But why did you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them and his mother stored all things in her heart. Listen to verse 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. So if Jesus can grow, don't you think we can grow? What do you mean Jesus grew? He created the heavens and the earth, but he still grew. Jump over with me to the book of Hebrews and look at chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 7. Now, it makes sense that Jesus would grow when he was 12. He was probably outgrowing his sandals about every week. But what about when he was older? Listen to this. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. You know, we obey Jesus because Jesus obeyed the Father, and he learned, according to Hebrews chapter 5, he learned obedience through his suffering. So this wasn't just when he was 12. The God of all creation, who was present at creation, learned. How could he learn anything? I thought Jesus was all-knowing. Well, he, he was. But how did he learn? Well, how did he learn obedience? Does that mean he was disobedient? No, he was not disobedient. His obedience was untested. He proved his obedience in the test. So many of us are going through challenges and we're having to learn how to grow, to learn obedience. Pastor, I'm with you. I'm with you. You say to your spouse, I'm with you. You say to your friend, I'm with you. But when the test comes, that's when you find out if somebody's with you or not. It's easy. It's, it's easy to be obedient when everything is going good. But what about when things aren't going good? Bill Wilson would say that's when you separate the saints from the ain'ts. No, I just said that. He said, when you separate the liars from the buyers. <laughs> Learning obedience, growing, maturing, developing. Jesus had to rise to the challenge. Jesus in the garden, Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. If Jesus can grow then you and I can grow. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. We're going to grow where it's the most difficult to grow. You know how I work is the things on my to-do list that I like to do, that's what I do. The things I don't want to do, those are the things I need to do most. 
Jesus walked right into the things that he needed to do that nobody could do but him. And he grew in wisdom and in stature. He grew in obedience because God had a great plan for him. It's time for the church to stop being stagnant. It's time for the church to rise and to grow. The test is coming. You know what I like to say to young married couples? You know, they're in the first six months of their marriage, and it just comes out when I'm here, you know, I'm meeting somebody, I say, well, have you slept on the couch yet or had a frozen pizza? They're like, no. Well, don't worry, it's coming. (laughs) It's coming. The test, the challenge, it's coming. Don't you know that? Pathway Church, things are good. God is blessing the church. You know there's some wonderful things on the horizon for Pathway Church. There are some things that are about to happen that are going to blow your mind. I got goosebumps when I said that because there's some things I want to say out loud, but the time isn't right. I'm so excited. It's wonderful when everything good is going for us. And thank God for his blessing. Thank God for his growth. Thank God for what he's doing at airport campus. Thank God for what he's doing at Moffat campus. Praise the Lord for it. But the test is coming. The challenge is coming. How are we going to be when the test comes? You know what happens for so many people? We'll come and we'll worship the Lord and we'll honor the Lord and we'll say that we're people of the word. But when we're tested in our family and our children go off into other value systems, into other ideology and off into sin, here's what we do a lot of the times. We no longer stand on God's word. We no longer stand with the Lord. What we do is we change our whole ideology to go and affirm our children as they have strayed. Listen, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old, he won't depart from it. It doesn't tell you to become a child-affirming parent, a child-led parent. It tells you to declare the word of God, stand on his promises, lock your knees, hang in there like a hair in a biscuit, don't give up, don't let up until you're taken up, until God does a good work in us and in our family. (laughs) Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. No, you don't understand the word of God. And let me tell you, you're not alone. You're not the only one going through a test. The test is here. But when the test comes, you lean into Jesus, lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. How are you doing? I'm blessed. That's how I'm doing. Let me tell you, I expect to be blessed. Travis Johnson expects to be blessed. You know why? Because I love the Lord. I'm a word man. I love the word of God. I want God's word to be hidden in my heart so I don't sin against God when the test comes. I'm a tither. I bring my tithe to the Lord. I give. I love people. I serve people. Do I have some drama? Yeah, I have some drama. But as soon as I recognize the drama, Lord, won't you help me to get down on my knees and get right with you? This is where I'm staying. I'm like a tree planted by, river, uh, by the banks of rivers that are flowing uh, with, with the water that flows out from the throne of God. I'm bringing forth fruit in due season, and I'm going to reap if I don't faint, and I'm not going to faint because I'm planted. We're planted, we're growing, we're maturing. You know why we're not gonna be moved? Because we have character. And our salvation isn't dependent on the circumstance. 
not for sale. I've already been bought by a price. The shed blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to go do a deal on the side. I'm going to dance with the one that brung me. I'm all in. It's too late. I've come too far. He's done too much. He's healed. He's delivered. He's set free. And look at this family that we've been stitched into. Isn't it a wonderful thing? But the test, it's coming. And Jesus faced it. We're going to face it too. So here's what Paul says to us. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. So, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. Since we first saw that prayer request on the connection card. Since we first met you in the altar. Since we first ran into you in connect class. Since we first connected up as small group. Since we first had burgers over at pastor's barbecue. Since, since we first connected in together. Since you first, uh, we first met you in the hospital or in the prison or wherever, in, the, in the chamber of commerce. Wherever it was, you've been in our heart and been in our mind. And we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and, and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Hey, it gets better. The challenges are gonna get bigger, but you're gonna get stronger. Is this the truth? Just tell me if, is it, if this is the truth. Douglas, you tell me if this is the truth. The things that used to shake your faith, you look back and say, what, did, what was I so worried about? It, it was little. But in the moment, didn't it feel so big? It felt so big. You're going to know him better, better, stronger, and stronger. We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all of his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. How will you get more endurance? How will you get more patience? Because you're going to grow. You're going to get stronger. You're going to pass the test. You're not going to repeat the test. You're going to pass the test. If you do have to repeat the test, you're going to recognize what's going on, and you're going to grow. Garrett, you're going to grow. Chad, you're going to grow. We're going we're to get this thing. You're going to turn 40, and you're going to grow. Praise the Lord, Kyle. I've been saying to everybody, you're 50. No, it's 40 years old today. Happy birthday. Over at Airport Campus, would you wish Pastor Kyle Grizzard happy birthday? Give him Moffat Campus. Go ahead and tell him happy birthday. <laughs> you guys need to do that a little bit louder. He's getting a little old. You're going to grow. Strengthen. In all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. 
our character, and our growth. Praise the Lord for the growth that happens as you get better, as you get better and stronger. God has his hand on you. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.